Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Ryan Lazanis. Ryan is founder of Future Firm, Future Firm provides firms with education to help systematize and scale their firms. He also has Future Firm Accelerate, which is an online coaching program and includes a combination of online courses and online coaching. Ryan, welcome to the Unique CPA. Randy, thank you very much for having me. Greatly appreciated. Yeah, that's no problem. Before I get into here, and I think you and I talked about it, we didn't actually talk about it ahead of time. I'm just trying to remember how we got connected, and I think it just came to me. I think I reached out to you and thanked you because you put the Unique CPA on your list of top podcasts. Wasn't that it? Didn't you do that? That is, that's it. I think that's how we got connected. I think there was a post that uh, Future Firm put out uh, earlier in the year listing the top uh, accounting podcast to check out, and uh, you're on it. Yep. All right. I was I was fishing for that to to, to <laughs> let somebody know that we've been on a top list. So you thank go. you. you I, can, I I, you I appreciate that. that blog and the proof is in the pudding. There. <laughs> there you go. It's it's online. It's real. You cannot you cannot deny it. We are on a list now. So that's awesome. All right. So today I'm really excited about having this discussion. And you know, what we're going to talk about is basically creating a scalable accounting firm, the business model to do that. And and I'm excited to do that because. I think a lot of times, one, just the whole looking at the CPA firm and an accounting firm as a business, I think often isn't even happening. I think some CPA firms don't even really realize they have a business. They think they're just there to help clients, which I know doesn't sound right to you. Maybe it does because you're, you're nodding. Yes. Um, so I'm really excited to get into this today because I've listened to a lot of your podcast and a newsletter, which I'll ask you about. You do a great job. But before we get into that, before we pick your brain and get all your knowledge, why don't you give us a little background on yourself and, and where you came from and how Future Firm started? For sure. So um, I'm a CPA born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Uh, I started uh, one of the earlier online accounting firms in North America uh, back in 2013. It was uh, one of the first fully digital firms, uh, really focused on automation, serving small businesses in a more pain-free manner. We all know that our clients hate their accounting, so I just really wanted to make it pain-free and easy for them. Uh, Started on my own from scratch, had no clue what I was doing. First-time business owner, made all the mistakes possible, but ended up putting together a business model that operated more systematically and in a more scalable fashion than the traditional firm. And uh, that caught the attention of a lot of outside parties and was acquired five years after I started it uh, by a large uh, European corporate services firm. And in 2018, I started Future Firm to help other firm owners quickly scale a systematic firm of their own. Uh, and help them avoid the pitfalls that most firm owners fall into Mm -hmm. when they're trying to create a great business and one that gives them a great lifestyle. Uh, I started Future Firm Accelerate about a year and a half ago, which is an online coaching membership program uh, that provides uh, online training, online coaching, and uh, a fantastic community of close to 500 modern, entrepreneurial, forward-thinking firm owners that all get together and collaborate online to help each other create amazing businesses. 
so yeah, that's a, a little bit about my background and what I'm up to at the moment. All right. Well, that, that's cool. And so 13 is when you started this, your online accounting business. So you and I talked about Matthew and Kenji from Acuity a little at the beginning. That's about the same time they started, wasn't it? Uh, that's a good question. And weren't they in online accounting? Uh, I think they even made, made, might have even started a bit earlier. I think okay. Kenji had started and oh, that's then right. Matthew had came on a little bit afterwards. And uh, yeah, they're just two of my favorite people in the industry. Uh, Matthew is actually uh, a member of Future Firm Accelerate, so a uh, valued member of the, the program and community. Nice. And um, yeah, I'd consider them friends. I'd consider them leaders in the, in, in the community. And uh, I have nothing but great things to say about them. Yep. And, and you're right. That's what it is. I think that's when Matthew came in around 13 and, and joined Kenji. And Kenji, I don't think, wants to admit it, but that's when the firm took off. So he doesn't want Matthew to know that. So we'll keep that quiet. So, um, all right. But that was just interesting when you said 13, that, that clicked into my head. And that's pretty cool that, uh, you know, you had that idea, they had that idea, and you've both done well with it. All right. So let's talk about this. You know, if you want to I, I was very fortunate on a plane today, listen to a bunch of your, your podcast or, um, you know, just six, seven minutes of education, which is awesome. You do a great job. And I, I'm going to be listening to more and more of those. But one of them I listened to was what one of the key, what was it? One of the key things you need to do to start creating this scalable firm. Do I have that right? Uh, there's a couple episodes maybe in that vein. Uh, okay. I think one of them was the six-part formula to scaling a firm. Uh, I don't know if it was that one, Randy, or if it was okay. something else. Or the first thing, the first thing you should focus on if you're looking to create a scalable firm. Maybe it was. Yep. Maybe it was that one. That, I think was a, that was a recent one. Okay, so all right, and maybe it was that. But so and maybe it was that because I think that was where you were kind of talking about niche a little bit at least that's the way i took it and so but we were on talk about you know creating the scalable firm and so why don't you just start to educate us on it what what would this be maybe it is that first step but what are the steps we want to go through to make this a scalable firm and before we even do that let me back up why do i want a scalable firm yeah so it's a good question i mean Ultimately, all firm owners, firm leaders, partners, what we're looking to do is we've created this business to give ourselves a better life. Yep. That's why we got into business. Yes, we get fulfillment from it, from serving our clients and helping people out, but we also want to give ourselves a great life. And usually that's reaching a certain kind of uh, compensation milestone. Usually that's also dictated by giving us more freedom and more free time so that we can spend time with our family and travel the world and do all these amazing things. The problem is most firms are not living up to that. They're yep. uh, stuck working crazy hours, yep. lots of stress, crazy busy seasons, and they have a model that could grow, but it, it doesn't scale. Okay. The growth comes at the expense of just spending more time in the business. Yep. And that's the big difference between growth and scale. Scale is when you can create a model that adds to the top line without adding to the amount of hours that you have to put into the business. Got it. So that's what I want to help firms with is create a more scalable model. Nice. And scaling professional services is extremely difficult. The nature of the business, it's probably one of it's probably the hardest type of business to scale because we're providing technical uh, expertise and advice to our clients and they're relying on this advice when it comes to taxes and a whole host of other things. So it's a very very hard business model to scale. And my approach is we can scale this model if we focus on standardizing many different elements, many different components within the business. So when 
you know, when I'm coaching different firms or different students of the program, one of the first things they get in touch with me for is I want to scale or I want to streamline my business. I want it to operate more smoothly and I need technology. I need automation. That's going to be the solution to it all. Just give me all the automation possible. But I'm going to push back and say, well, automation is just like one sliver of the pie, one piece of the puzzle. There's a whole host of other elements that you need to have in place if you want to create that smooth business model that works systematically, that works like clockwork, and allows you to take a step back from the business. So I'm going on a f- off on a few tangents here, Randy, but the first thing that I actually propose that firm owners focus on if they want to create something scalable is to start focusing a little bit more, focusing on the type of client that they service. And I'm not saying you have to go ultra narrow, but most firms are like super broad and wide in who they yep. service. But also very, very important, and I think it was that uh, podcast episode you were listening to, we need to create a service offering that operates within our sweet spot and just focus on selling that and have a formula for delivering that kind of sweet spot service offering so it could be delivered systematically and consistently across the entire client base. That's when you can pull yourself out of the business. So those are just two pieces of the pie. Okay. And I have six elements, six parts to creating that scalable accounting firm model, yep. technology, well-defined customer base, a subscription-based productized service offer, standardization of all your processes, an inbound marketing engine, and a team that's aligned. If you put all of that together, that's when you can create a scalable business model. So it's that easy. It's it's just like that. Just snap your fingers and it's there. Okay, how do you, how do you do all those things? It's so I was so I was in practice for a long time. Yeah. You know, sold my firm, you know, in two thousand six, and I was probably not doing nearly any of that. Um, and the reason I sold is because my hours just got crazy and I got burnt out and that was the best option, which really ended up being the best for me because I love what I'm doing today. But yeah, I, I, I wasn't doing anything that you suggested I should and I probably would have been much better if I did. So give me, give people an idea. How do they start to implement things? The first thing that I recommend to start with, like all of this is a journey. None of this happens overnight. Business is a journey. We're always iterating. We're always improving. So like if someone thinks they're just going to like flip the light switch and they're just going to have this like amazing model overnight, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. But where I start on everybody's journey, what I've seen is the common theme, the common denominator that people need help with that's preventing them from scaling is first, they're underselling themselves. Uh-huh. They have a service offering that's way too broad and they're not charging enough for what they're doing. Yep. So if, if, you, if that's your foundation, then you're just, you're just going to drive yourself into the ground. Right. So the first first step is let's figure out what your sweet spot is in your firm and just package those services up into, into a set offer. Usually I like to do it into a gold, silver, bronze approach. And let's just get those offers out to your existing client base and to new customers. That will then put all of your clients on the same sort of offering, which could follow the same sort of processes, which means your team member can take those over a little bit more easily so that it's not like a custom approach for every single client that comes into the, into the door. And make sure that we're pricing that appropriately. Right. Because I've been so surprised when I got into this business in the first place, coaching uh, accounting firms, I never thought that I'd be helping accountants price. Yeah. I never thought like part of my coaching involves like 
analyzing their financial statements and realizing like there's a pricing problem here. I never thought I'd be analyzing accounting firms' financial statements. Right. I thought I got away from those analyzing financial statements forever. Right. Anyway, I'm going on a, on a few tangents here. But <laughs> no, those are I'm, first- I'm directing you onto tangents. It's not you. Okay. I'm taking you all over the board. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do it right now again. So go back to what you're saying. It's like standardizing your service offering. That's what, that's how you said it, right? Standardizing your services and, and saying this this is our bronze package. This is the minimum package yeah. that you need to take with us in order to sign up with our firm. Right. And also having a gold package and saying this is the maximum of what we want to deliver as a firm. We're not going to go more than this. This is This is within our sweet spot and the silver sits in the happy medium. Yep. If you could figure that out and get all clients onto those range of packages, right? they're all going to follow the same kind of formula. They're all going to be onboarded in the same way. The work is all going to be delivered in the same way. And then we can get something in place that's more routine and repetitive. Okay, I get you. So putting processes in place, which that is not my expertise, putting processes in place to standardize everything so everybody's on the same page. And what you're also doing then is you're not only being scalable, but maybe this is what you mean by scalable. You, you, you've got the sustainable firm because you're not the, it's not sitting in your head how we're doing this. This is now everybody in the firm understands that we have these three packages and these are the three things we offer within each or whatever, the 10 within each package. And this, though they all have standards. Wow. That, that makes a lot more sense. I can see how you could be a lot more efficient in that. Let me ask a question on that. If we're standardizing, you know, we have these three package offerings and we have, you know, this is what you get in, you know, gold, silver, bronze, whatever you call them. Mm-hmm. Is that then spread across all our different types of clients? Or I assume it's going to be better if we're also a niche business that or a niche accounting firm too, where, you know, we've got, two, three different niches we deal with because then you even get more standardization. You get more workflow going. Wow, I'm rambling on this question, but you understand what I'm saying, right? The more you narrow, the easier it will be to scale, I think is Yes, okay, got it. If you have a client base, and I see this with most of the firms I deal with where you you handle clients from zero employees to 200 employees, from zero dollar in revenue to you know, I don't know, $100 million in revenue. If you have that spectrum of clients, yeah. then that three package approach is just not going to work. Or right. you have have to have multiple three packages for different segments of your, of your audience. And then we're just getting into, we do everything for everyone at this point. So the narrower you go, the easier it's going to be. And I'm not suggesting you have to go super narrow, but certainly a lot more narrow than what most firms are doing at the moment. Because right. most firms are just doing everything to everyone, yep. every kind of service to every kind of client. We'll use this accounting software for this client and that accounting software for that client. What I'm suggesting is the firm dictates the rules. The firm says, this is how we do it. These are This is the packages that you're, we're going to put you on to get you the results that you're looking for. You follow us. Yep. We don't follow you. Yep. And then price it correctly, which is huge. Correct. And you're doing three-tier pricing. A big issue for a lot of firms. Yep. And three tiers, what you suggest. I mean, is there value? Uh, is it a hybrid of anything or is it just straight three-tier pricing? There's different approaches, but most firms are going to adopt a value-based approach where they're going to price each individual client separately okay. based on the value that's being provided. So, you know, I do have a methodology for applying this, but um, 
I mean, it, it depends on the firm. I know some firms that have like a lot of leads coming through the door and they don't want to price every individual individual client separately. And they say, these are the three buckets. You have to fit into one of these buckets and these are the price per bucket. And they could just onboard clients very quickly. It depends on the type of firm that you are. Okay. All right. So I, I took us in different directions. So did you want to keep going down a path? Or otherwise, I have some questions for you. You take the path you'd like to you'd like to take. I'm, I go in whatever direction you want. Nice. This is awesome. <laughs> all right. So I love talking about pricing because they're so all over the board. And and I actually on my webinars often I'll just put a random question there like, how are you pricing your services? Fixed fee, hourly, value based, three tier, and and almost always the answer is majority hourly based. And I think that is changing. I think that will continue to change. Do you think that'll go away hourly at all? Or you think it's still here to stay? I mean, uh, it's among, among the the students of my future firm accelerate program. It's not even a discussion point. Really? Okay. Um, you know, they're all fixed price value price, you know, subscription pricing. It's just, I could not advocate for anything other than that. Yep. I think ultimately, um, I think ultimately we have to look at what's best for the clients. Yep. Right. Like we're in the business of serving clients. We're in the business of making sure that they're happy, and customer experience is more important than ever. And you know, you look at the the you know the industries that have fallen by the wayside. The typical taxi industry, for instance, you know, Uber came in and they just provided an easier, better experience. Yep. And that's the same thing that's going to happen, you know, in the world of accounting. And there, there's no client that I know that would prefer the hourly rate over a predictable subscription price or a predictable fixed price. Right. You know, that's one important part of offering a good customer experience. Yep. Now it's a harder model to adopt for a lot of firms. And that's probably why a lot of them are still billing uh, by the hour. But for me, I just look at it from a customer experience standpoint and what's better for the customer. Okay. Yep. So you're talking about putting these packages together and then being able to offer this to your existing clients and be able to offer this to new clients and, you know, onboarding new clients and you make this, you know, more standardized. But then you also said now you can go out and get new business and you, you're getting you know inbound sales. How do you use that as a sales pitch? How are you getting these inbound sales? Are you teaching uh, sales opportunities or marketing opportunities? Or how, how do we get to that step? Because now we got to grow the firm because in this process, we're probably going to lose some clients too, I'm assuming. And if we do, that's probably a good thing because it's probably not the clients that we want. Yep. Um, they're not the clients that fit into the sweet spot. But right. All the elements of creating a scalable firm are all the elements that I teach in the program and are all the elements that I had to figure out myself from the ground up when I started my firm. You know, I was a terrible, terrible accountant, um, but I was good at all the other stuff. So very quickly, I had to bring more experienced people onto the team to handle the accounting because I was a liability there. Um, But I really found out that I loved the marketing. And, you know, the first few years of running my firm, I had I knew nothing about marketing. I knew nothing about acquiring clients and 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 what to do there. And I tried all kinds of different strategies. And the one that stuck very early on was just networking and just heading out to the all every single networking meeting that I could attend, I was there. I didn't particularly like them. I wasn't particularly good at it. 
but it did bring in the first few clients, but it's an activity that doesn't scale because it revolves on your time and you going out and spending longer days somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find other ways to bring business through the door. I tried a whole bunch of digital marketing strategies. 99% of them flopped, but I found some that stuck a bit. And then I just kept working those, working those, working those. And over the course of 10 years, I've honed in on some digital marketing strategies that work very well. And, and most of them that work very well still to this day is content marketing. Getting your expertise out there in the form of blogs, in the form of podcasts. That's one of the reasons why we're both on this podcast today is because it's a form of content marketing and it's a f- way to get in front of an audience and build trust with that audience. Mm-hmm. Webinars, speaking engagements, you know, social media. Anytime when you're sharing anything of value through any of these channels, that's a way to build trust with an audience. And once they trust you enough, you're in a good position to then pick up that business. Yep. So there are some strategies to making all of these different channels and tactics work. Some obviously work better than others, depending on who you're targeting. But yes, this is, uh, you know, to answer your question, this is what I help with. And this is a, an area of, of, of business that I really enjoy is helping put in place these inbound marketing uh, strategies. Okay. And what I like about that is, you know, doing that, but you also, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, having niches as well, you know, mm-hmm. have, being a little more narrow because it can standardize everything better. And I, and I see, and I don't know if you're familiar with Josh Lance at all. Yes. All right. And Josh is a niche practice. I mean, he's, you know, he, you know, half of his clients are craft breweries, probably maybe more. Yep. And he and I talked about, it, and he taught me this basically, you know, he on Twitter and webinars and LinkedIn and Instagram and wherever puts out all this content and people realize he's the expert in this industry. And so, you know, I'm guessing he is very standardized with his offerings and everything. He, I'm guessing he follows something that the type of thing you teach and he might even be in your program. I don't know. But have, I'm a huge proponent of niche, which I never was when I was in practice. And the, the, the more narrow that niche, the, I'm guessing that the better it's going to help in this marketing aspect you're saying, right? Yeah. I mean, there are risks to, to niching. Yep. There's also opportunities. I mean, you know, the ones that focused on restaurants during COVID probably weren't feeling so great for, for yeah. at least a good year. Right. Um, so, so there are some risks. And I'm, I'm really not advocating that you need to just focus on one vertical. But what I'm advocating for is... No, I know, I know. I'm advocating that, it. not you. It wasn't your yeah. saying, it was me. <laughs> and look, I, I'm all for it. I'm all yeah. for it. If someone, if someone wants to go out there, you know, I have like, you know, students in my program that just focus on artists or just focus on creatives or just right. focus on e-commerce. Right. And all marketing is at the end of the day is deeply understanding someone's pain points and challenges mm-hmm. and being able to communicate a clear cut solution. Yep. And if you're just targeting, you know, 20 or 30 different types of businesses, you're going to have a very broad understanding of their challenges and pain points. Right. And it will be very vague in the way that you communicate that message yep. in a way that just doesn't stick in, in, in their minds, basically. So 
uh, the narrower you can go, the more the more powerful your marketing becomes. Yeah, and it's again, you yeah, having one niche on its own is probably not the best thing. When we started Trimerit, that's what we were. We were a one trick pony. It was R and D tech score that's only. But I love doing it. I love talking about it. I love working with it. But the R and D tech scores go to different industries. Mm-hmm. We added more specialties. But the cool thing we do, and I don't know, I'm assuming you'd probably you know agree with this. R&D specialists are not also cost segment specialists. They concentrate on one thing only. And our, mm-hmm. our you know, our Watsi specialists, our Watsi, they don't deal with 170 ID. And I assume that helps with the whole, you know, keeping things moving smoothly and, and uh, having this uh, in place. All right. And I know I put words in your mouth. <laughs> You said it, not me. <laughs> Are you saying you're denying that that's good? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. I get a little goofy on these, so I appreciate you being on. All right. So this is really cool because I know so many you know, small firm owners that are struggling the way you said. I mean, they just working like crazy. I can, off the top of my head, I can think of 10 people that are just, you know, in my neighborhood, it seems like, that are, are living this life right now and they don't need to. So yeah. anything that, you know, if, when I took us down 10 different paths, anything you want to wrap up this scalability with? Yeah, I'd say, you know, nine out of 10 times, the first issue to be worked out is, getting your offers down pat because everything else in your firm flows from your offers. So getting your, 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 your packages down pat and making sure you're pricing them well. Yes. Like again, you're just going to drive yourself into the ground. If not, yep. this is what I see over and over again. I once agree. you have that in place, then you build off that, that becomes your foundation. Then we could look at automation. Then we could look at streamlining your processes. Then we could look at, yes. you know, bringing the right team on board. But there's no point in accelerating something that's not working and broken at a foundational level. So fix the foundation, then the rest can fall in line with coaching from Ryan. Absolutely. Don't forget the last part. <laughs> All right. So one last thing then before I ask a final question, but one last thing. What do you do when you're not out coaching? And I think I know an answer on this because I heard on podcast one thing you like to do. But tell me what you and your family or you personally like to do when you're not working. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what you what you heard on the podcast. But uh, my latest hobby has involved uh, training for a triathlon, so I'll be doing my first one this summer. Oh wow! Uh, so that's been interesting and fun and challenging, and uh, we'll see if I come in last place or not. And, you know, traveling has always been a passion of mine, traveling to like, uh, you know, remote, exotic destinations, but I haven't had a chance to do that in the last few years, but hopefully that starts ramping up again. So those are two of the things that are, I'd say I'm uh, passionate about. And the, the the travel was the one I was thinking of, but then right when you started talking, I did so, see that you somewhere you wrote. I think you're uh, very into uh, was it CrossFit or is that what it was called? Still or? do CrossFit, but I've uh, I've scaled that back as I ramped up the triathlon training, and then uh, who knows where that goes. I, I just like to be active. Yep. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you being on here. I uh, I saw people commenting on your newsletter, and is that what you call your your email? It seems like it goes out daily. Is that right? It's a weekly. Actually, it's twice a week now. Yeah. It was a weekly email for the last three years. Future Firm Weekly Top Five, where I curate 
the top five things that firm owners should know about each week to help them scale their firm. Yep. And now on every Sunday, I'm sending out uh, a two-sentence, three-sentence, very quick email that gives one actionable tip to help you scale your firm. So uh, yeah, twice a week now. All right. Well, I've been reading them and I appreciate it. Anybody can go sign up for that. So why don't you give away people can go sign up with that? And why don't you give away people can get a hold of you if they want to? Sure. So futurefirm.co slash newsletter. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter. Highly recommend free. There's around 7,000 people that get it every single week. And um, uh, futurefirmaccelerate.com if you're interested to know a little bit more about that online coaching program. All right. Awesome. And all your contact information and you're on LinkedIn and everywhere else too. So they can find you anywhere. All right. Uh, well, Ryan, I really appreciate you taking, letting me allow, I really appreciate you allowing me to take you in about 12 different directions. And uh, hopefully we've circled back and got everything back in place uh, at the end. But I, I can't talk highly enough about what I've learned just from the last month of just reading your newsletters and everything. It's been awesome. It's an absolute pleasure, Randy. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the show. Thank you for joining us today on The Unique CPA. You can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about TriMerit, at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to your clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading-edge management techniques and styles. <laughs>